Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. The Michelin Pilot Challenge is the second of our races this weekend, or actually it's our first race this weekend. That's Saturday. We have qualifying coming up later on, but first let's drop into the third free practice session and we've got the full team and more live trackside at a beautiful afternoon from Lime Rock Park, the Northeast Grand Prix weekend, one of IMSA's two GT festivals for 2019. And it's all live here on IMSA Radio. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Shit, Adam is down in the pit lane. Let's pick up straight away there with some of the stories from earlier on. Shit, it wasn't a good morning for the Winwood Racing number 33 Mercedes AMG. No, it was not. A crash for Russell Ward in the second practice session resulted in a lengthy red flag that ultimately cost us about 15 minutes worth of practice time. Now, I'm down at the Windward pit box, and there are people around, but the question is, are they for the 57 or the 33? We've got five cars waiting at the pit exit. Not one of them, six, excuse me, not one of them. Is that Windward number 33? Time is going to tell whether or not we see it come out from behind the wall. But for now, sign's not looking great. Uh, who else had a problem? One of the Aston Martins had a problem in the first session this morning, but that seemed to have cleared itself. Stopped by the edge of the track, really didn't get to the bottom of that, but it was fine in session two. Yeah, that was the classic car. That was the not-new GT4 that uh, had its issue as I'm watching a game of baseball break out on the pit lane between Excellent. Johnny Knotts and a water bottle. Um, yeah, that, that car stopped out. It did manage to continue, though. And that car, that automatic racing team with three Aston Martins this weekend, have Rock. not seen one of them come out for the practice yet. Uh, the other car that had a problem, thanks, Cher, and uh, we can go the horse's mouth uh, for this one, was the championship-leading uh, TCR Honda. Tom O'Gorman joins us in the booth. I'll ask you about your car in a moment, but uh, you've got some news on that automatic race in Aston that conked out at the side of the track. Yeah, that's actually probably a continuing storyline for the entire weekend because it was just too many cars in one spot. Uh, and It was actually our teammate, the TCR 52, with uh, Colin Mullen and Max Faulkner, uh, got a late move from that Aston Martin. They came together, ah. and I have to imagine that Aston Martin came to a stop because the LA Honda World car went around, and then they both continued. Right, okay. Now, your car this morning didn't look like it wanted to play, no. and for a moment, we all had our hearts in our mouths here, certainly, and so did the listening public. I can't even imagine what it was like down in the pitch because it looked like a carbon copy of 
what was a nightmare for you at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. What, what happened? Yeah, it really was uh, exactly that because it was the exact same symptom that reared its head on the warm-up lap of the race at CTMP that caused us uh, to not even take the start uh, that continued on here. It that was a misfire. The engine didn't want to run cleanly. Exactly. As soon as the, the, as soon as the turbo would spool, it would kind of go to a, a misfire and it was kind of running kind of dirty on three cylinders, four cylinders, but there was nothing wrong on the data. We couldn't really figure it out. Uh, it was actually a broken transmission mount at Mosport that caused that problem. So, we're, you know, the whole engine had shifted. We're searching for all sorts of wiring harnesses. And what is it? What is it? Turned out it was a spark plug. So we threw a spark plug in it, and now the 37 car is, is fast and ready to go. See, when all of that super-duper electronic stuff, and all you needed to do was throw a yep. $10 part at it. Yep, yep. And uh, it's pretty bad. Spark plugs are more than $10 <laughs> now, actually. I'm sure. sorry. I'm showing my age there. <laughs> they came to me and said, I don't know if you've ever seen a spark plug before, but here's what happened. I was like, ah, uh, yeah, okay. Well, Glad to have you here. That suggests that uh, there's no issues, and Shelby's going to go out and do this session, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. He's right in front of us here in the tower, so uh, Shelby Blackstock in for practice three and qualifying, and he'll start tomorrow. Uh, these TCR cars, super quick, particularly in the first sector. I was looking at the sector times, and, I mean, I would say there was only two or three GS cars faster than probably about the half, the first half dozen TCR cars in that first sector. Yeah, these the GS cars really only make their speed for uh, in the the digs out of the slower corners and down the longer straights. Which, if you've seen Lime Rock before, that doesn't really exist here. So, uh, the <laughs> the dynamic, as I referenced with the Aston Martin coming together with our team car, I think uh, it's going to be just cars on top of each other the entire time tomorrow. Uh, the, the track surface itself has always been low grip, which means you slide around, which means you actually wear your tyres out quicker, bizarrely. People think if you've got a lot of grip, you wear your tyres out. It's quite the, re quite the reverse. The heat today, the rain over the last couple of days, the track started off very green, sort of unprepared, and, uh, and I can only imagine it was quite difficult this morning. Yeah, and we're actually even finding that it's not even, as you said, the tyre wear. It's just that it is so, so hot that the track temperature is over 130 degrees. If you lean on the tyres for a hot lap, similar to qualifying, uh, they're just completely overheated and you have to let them come back. Oh, really? Um, so tire so management's going to be During huge. the race, tire management's going to be massive then. It's massive, yeah. It's it's truly one lap leaning on the, t the car hard and, and it's going to be gone. For Delighted to see it. Also, we welcome to the booth Jeremy Shaw. Good afternoon, Mr. Shaw. Great to be here, John. Fin fin finally made it. No, it doesn't matter you're here. It was a bit of an adventure. We barely but, missed uh, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, <laughs> yes. <laughs> We, we've just been working out what you actually do now that you. Yeah. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only, I'm only kidding. You know I am. You know I am. Um, Fair comment. Actually. Michelin Pilot Challenge, Jeremy, is ri ridiculously competitive in the GS category uh, with the top four teams spread by what, barely 10 or a dozen laps. Uh, Audi uh, with one point in TCR over. Uh, Mercedes over McLaren, uh, over BMW, sorry, in GS that is, uh, and in, in TCR, Honda by six over Audi. These guys, Tom O'Gorman, their lead now cut down to, what, four, five points, four points now uh, over the Audi crew in second position. We're into the business end of the season now, and, and really, this is when championships are run, won and lost. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, everything is wide open at the moment. All the championships pretty much are, are uh, up for grabs. And uh, yeah, as you say, we're just halfway through the season. We've completed five of the ten races. So these, uh, these next couple of months is going to be super intense and we're going to see some great action. And what uh, Tom was saying there about the tyres being a problem again around here, uh, they've, uh, they've carried over the kind of safeguards that Michelin brought into effect after 
the, the dramas at, at Watkins Glen where you've, you've got to use now uh, less camber uh, time and higher tyre pressure well, to try and alleviate the problems you were having there. And that certainly had a, a, pretty, a really good effect at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, uh, but you, you're not running what you would like to run in terms of cameras. You, you'd like there's a lot more speed in the car, but you're not you're not you're not allowed basically to bring that speed out. Sure, yeah. What uh, for a little backstory at Watkins Glen with so much grip and so much heat, the the, the tires just couldn't stand up to the amount of grip uh, that these TCR cars were making, specifically on the Hondas. So they actually came in with a a new mandatory minimum tire pressure and a new maximum camber which they've actually given us the camber back. Um, so we can run the camber that we liked before, but we still have to run that higher tire pressure, which is also coming into... Have you got all the camber back? Uh, half. Yes. We're up to four, yeah. four degrees instead of four and a half. But yeah. uh, it's really that tire pressure, and that's part of why the tires fall yeah. off so quick too. You know, mm -hmm. they, they heat up with that extra bit of pressure, and they just don't have the grip. And, and that was tires being... Uh, I un as I understand it, that was tires as much being pulled off the bead of the rim rather than puncturing that was because of because of the so much of the lateral forces yeah the initial failure was actually at the inside part where the the face of the tread meets the sidewall on the inside it would start to come apart there and then it was just a full failure all the air came out it would de-bead de from the rim um, so we were chasing that and and I mean, happy to say Michelin was on top of it right away. They made sure that we were on top of what we had so that, you know, they were checking our minimum pressures. They were asking mm. about, you know, our rims, all sorts of things to make sure that, you know, we weren't messing, making a mistake. Uh, and then once we've kind of went through that checklist, they said, okay, here's, here's what we think is going to make it hold together. And we're happy to say ever since we've been running that higher tire pressure, even if the cars are a little bit slower, we're not randomly having tire pressure or yeah. tire failures that are causing crashes. Yeah, so we're, I, I, we're really happy with that. I, it, was, it was amazing what they went through and how quickly they responded to that. I, yeah. was, uh, I was very impressed. We got a, a note from the guys at Michelin to say, look, this is what we've done. And they broke it down. And I'm like, since when? And that was, you know, in the space of virtually... 36 hours they'd gone through so much and and reported back to base and got the the information flow going backwards and forwards yeah and we had uh there's it was like i said mostly on hondas but on a variety of the different makes and tcr so each of us with hondas the teams had a, a representative from michelin next to us every session that weekend every session at Mosport. they've been super diligent on making sure that we're safe uh because it, it really was down to we don't know when the tires are going to fail and we don't know why yeah and that clearly it's the it's the unknown unknowns that you don't want, isn't it? That's the that is one of the issues uh, when that happens. Uh, we've got time starting to come in now. It's a little warmer than it would have been this morning. Jeff Mosing in the 56 Marillo Racing Mercedes Benz at the top of the shop with a 54 nine. It's not hanging about. In fairness, Ford Mustang Nate Stacey in the number 60 car core racing machine that is in second place with a 50. 54 9 and it's just been usurped by who? Oh, it's Jay Buford who was second this morning uh, in the Ford Mustang GT4 in the number 40. The PF Racing car has now gone to the top. And once again, we've got the top three cars for a moment at least within a tenth of a second before Andrew Davis goes through in the Chevy Camaro GT4R at the Rebel Rock Racing number 71, the mostly white car, which was quickest this morning in the hands of uh, Robin Liddell. Uh, that went through this morning in the fastest time. So that's both of the cars, uh, both of the drivers in that car now who've been fastest in a session. So no Frank Depew this weekend? Then, no, Frank Frank hasn't been able to make it this weekend. Right. Andrew dra drafted in uh, literally yesterday or the no, day before, I think it was. I saw the tweet uh, from him. So he's been added to the crew. Uh, meantime, Shea Adam is with Indy Doncher down in the pit lane who can maybe give us some more news on that Winwood uh, number 33 Mercedes.
Well, Indy, you're in the pit box, so that's a good sign. You're wearing jeans, which is to be expected because you normally don't drive in this final practice session anyway. But uh, how is the car? Um, yeah, unfortunately, I have to say we're done for the weekend. Yes, um, yeah, we had a big moment in uh, turn five. I think uh, a lot of people know it in Limerick. Uh, it's one of the tricky points here on track. Um, and uh, yeah, Russell uh, lost the car there and uh, went, uh, I think on the right side, he went into the wall and uh, yeah, the, the front is, is done. So uh, we're not uh, able to, to make the car in time for tomorrow. Shoot, I'm sorry to hear that. And you're going to stick around and cheer on the team before you get on a plane and fly to Spa? <laughs> yes, uh, next week is Spa 24 and uh, tomorrow, morning, uh, tomorrow evening I fly back. Uh, but uh, at least we have still uh, the 57 with Bryce Ward in uh, and Christian, of course, and uh, I'm going to help them uh, to give uh, yeah, the, the team the best of sales we can. Yeah, all the good luck to that car. Yeah, thank you. Oh, dear me. That's, that's the third time in six races that car hasn't made the start. It rode Atlanta at the end of last year, didn't make the start, and also at Sebring this year as well. So the 33 team having absolutely no luck at all. That's a great shame because that car is, uh, is always fast. Yeah, well, uh, we did see the incident this morning, Jeremy. Um, it was coming up the uphill, and we, and we aren't using the chicane, of course, for the uphill in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. And it, it looked like Russell had just lost it on the exit there, speared across the track to driver's right and made contact Drive with right. the... Yes, uh, made contact with the inside wall there. There is a bit of a bump there, Tom, isn't there, at the top of the, the uphill, which the GS cars, some of the GS cars don't ride as well as others. Sure, the bump's actually right where the pavement stops and the grass starts. So if you're a little wide, you have a little bit of a cushion to ride with some pavement. And then if you are still over there, the grass starts and there's a big bump there. So I, it looked like he lost it before that point, but that's the spot that can get you in trouble if you're kind of hanging on the ragged edge. And I'm right in saying he went to driver's right. He, he yeah. went back across the track, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately it looked like a pretty big hit, so I'm not actually very yeah. surprised that, that they might be done. Yeah. yeah. Good news is... Uh, Dad Bryce just gone second fastest. He's been driving with brilliantly yes, well. Yes, he nearly. has. He's absolutely made huge strides this season. Uh, 54.675. That's only three hundredths of a second away from the time set a little while ago by Andrew Davis. So 54.6. That's a that's a pretty stout time. The lap record ran here was a 55.0. That was uh, set in qualifying last year by Spencer Papelli and actually almost virtually matched in the race as well, also by Spencer. Virtually identical times, 55-0. So we've seen some very, very fast times already this weekend. The quickest start this morning was a 53-6 by Andrew Davis in the uh, in practice session one. Um, was that Andrew that did that time? Uh, yes, according to the uh, according to this, really? Robin, Robin did a 54-2. According to this, all right, in, okay, I take that. Both of them in practice one. Right, okay. Ro I know Robin but then, went. But then again, we've seen. Well, no, no. I, I I thought Robert had done the time because it was the early time. But if it was a later lap, then it it would was Andrew because he was in the car later on. Um, Robin, they had a little bit of a fuel pressure issue, so they went out with low fuel this morning early, and because of that, they decided to stick a brand new set of tyres on and, and send Robin out so and, and give him a shot at it to see if it was all okay. It was, and he put a pretty good time in, which stood for a long time. And I hadn't yeah. realised that Andrew had beaten that later on. Going back to Bryce. Um, Bryce got a podium here last year, so he's confident at this track, and and that was you know that was a really good run that they had here last year as well for that car. So so much of this track, Tom O'Gorman, who's joining us now from the uh, 37 Honda team, the, the uh, LA Honda World team, so much of this track is about confidence, big time, big time, and the, and I 
I speak for myself in saying those are my favorite kind of tracks. I think a lot of the drivers in this series love these big these big commitment tracks, these mm. high-speed tracks, which we've had three of in a row now. Uh, and unfortunately, as you were talking about, you know, when incidents happen, they tend to be bigger. But um, this place is, is more like swinging a rock on the end of a string. And the faster <laughs> you swing it, the, the more faster it comes at you. And you kind of get into a rhythm, but, the, you know, working up to it, if you have one scare, it's really, really hard to, to break your mind of, I got to get swinging that rock again. Well... Shelby's obviously got his head together. He was very complimentary about you, about how you've helped him get his head round uh, front-wheel drive stuff. Sixth overall, and again, if you look at the splits there, 23-1 in the first sector, there are not very many. In fact, I can only see one at the moment, Andrew Davis's car, that's quicker than him in the first sector. Yeah, he's doing a, a fantastic job. He comes from... Uh, back in the old GS days, the street-based Mustangs, and then Indy Lights cars, all downforce, rear-wheel drive, bigger, heavier. Uh, uh, he's been super impressive adapting to this car, but uh, you guys were talking about the GS leaders, and I saw him go purple in Sector 1 as he was down in 20-something, going, yeah. this is going to be good. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting, and, and it's going to be a big deal for the race tomorrow, is if you look, as you said, across the sector times, there's no sector where the TCR cars are specifically slower than the GS cars. So we're basically making all the same speed at the same time. Yeah, and that's interesting because if you go back to a couple of weeks ago at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, the through sector one, the TCR cars are, I think, quickest of all through mm -hmm. there, particularly in qualifying. Uh, but uh, on the back straight, the, yeah. uh, the GS cars would just go marching past, wouldn't they? Well, you don't really have that. So you don't even get much of a speed differential down the San Posey straight here across the, st the start-finish line? Yeah, it's just kind of towards the end of those straightaways where it really shows, but we're better on the brakes. So it, it, uh, that's what I'm saying is there's no, there's no standout point over the lap where the GS car is just blatantly faster, like, for example, up the back straight at Mosport, um, where we could always trust that they were going to be clear of us. I think we're just going to be kind of tripping over each other's heels all of tomorrow, and it's just who races the smartest. Mm. Uh, start and restart is going to be the issue, because yeah. you get your tyres up to... I've got a friend of mine, Martin Haven, who's done touring car commentary for years for Eurosport, World Touring Cars, WTCR, and his famous words are that the rear wheels on a front-wheel drive touring car are only there to keep the exhaust for dragging on the ground. But you get all you, you get your front tyres up to temp and pressure so quickly because they're doing two things, they're turning and driving. So you're going to be all over these GS cars in the first lap or two. Yeah, and but that's honestly our saving grace because our fall-off is more extreme than the GS ah, cars. Good point. Um, so because of the way the series is structured, the rules, we will always, no matter what, start at the back. We will start... You know, if there are 32 GS cars here, I think, uh, something like that. 21, 30, I think. 20 something. Yeah. So yeah. we'll always start outside the top 20. By the time we really settle into the race pace, our tires have fallen off to the point that we aren't going to just continuously run up to the front, even if we are the fastest on a flying lap, uh, which is actually a little bit of a relief more so than anything. Yeah, I remember last year you were exceptionally quick uh, around here. Do you miss qualifying? I do. Because that I, was a speciality of yours, wasn't it? You it, loved that challenge of one. Because you, you had always had it in your lap that you were going to, in your head that you were going to do it on the first flyer. Yeah, and that was just the, the tires are best on the front wheel drive cars because of the reasons you already cited. Um, the other part that was really special about qualifying last year was everything in TCR was the same car. So there was no discrepancies. It was just how fast can you go for one flying lap in qualifying without any differences in the cars, without worrying about what the consequences might be. You know, so it was, it was just a really special kind of time in the series and uh, and situation that we were in where I got to qualify, I got to do what I love to do, and then my co-driver at the time, Kenton Cook, was every bit as good as anybody else in the TCR cars, and he could clean up 
you know, yeah. better than anybody else as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to your point there, the, the, the discrepancy between the fastest GS car and the fastest TCR car in qualifying last season was seven-tenths of a second. That's when you were off the ultimate pole there, Tom, which is, which is pretty amazing. But in a race, uh, the best TCR lap was a full uh, second, well, more than, actually a second and three-quarters slower than the fastest And as it GS stands car, now, so Shelby's only three-tenths away from the best, <laughs> from the best of the... Uh, the best of the GS. The best of the GS is that is, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not forget. So the cars that are going to be in front of him are when he, you know, let, let's assume whoever it is starts does the same sort of there's the same sort of uh, uh, time discrepancy between them. Whoever starts on the front row are going to have cars around them that are probably slower in overall lap time. Never mind in the first sector around here. So you're going to catch them pretty quickly. There's no. Uh, there's no split between the two fields here. It is you line up, all the GSs line up in time that they did in uh, qualifying, then all the TCRs line up in times. But when you've got a, a TCR sixth position overall as it stands at the moment, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a pretty stout lap from Shelby. I mean, the, 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 the Jeff flag is out. Yeah, so that was a yeah, qualifying simulation there for, for Shelby. Black. So just getting ready for the qualifying this afternoon. And the, 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 the fastest time for a TCR in the earlier two practices, was a 54.7. Uh, and uh, Shelby's only, well, a couple of tenths away from that, whereas the GS cars are a full second slower than they were this morning. So, uh, again, I think it just shows, as Tom O'Gorman was just saying, you can, you can really get a lot of speed out of the TCR car for one lap, but if you've got to do any more than that, it's a bit more of a problem. Uh, so, but uh, it's certainly going to be an in, in, interesting battle. Who qualifies? Who concentrates on qualifying, and who doesn't around here? Is there any benefit to uh, to, to actually laying down that lap in qualifying, making sure you start at the front of the pack? I think just because it's so hard to pass, it's going to be really yeah. critical. Yeah. Um, but then after that, like you said, it's it's really about who drives the smartest race, who keeps yeah. their nose clean. Because uh, the reality is, none of these guys are going to win the race, but someone like Shelby, who's been a fantastic teammate, will always bring the car back nice and yeah, clean. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Shit, Adam, down in the pit lane. We didn't see the Russell Ward car. We know why that is, but we we also didn't see the Hart number eighty nine, the the Honda either. And let me climb up on the pit stand and just ask Ryan Eversley, um, why the heck did you guys did not go out during that practice session? Oh, uh, we were having lunch. Oh, so you guys found time to have a lunch break. Now, well, the, a very uh, slim number of tires set aside for the TCR cars this weekend. Were you guys just playing the tire game? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we were really happy with our single lap pace in the first session. And we also had some really good race pace in the last session. And uh, we tried to just run those tires as long as we could. And I don't see why, you know, Andrew and I were just talking about why we would want to run on some older tires again and just get ready for qualifying. and. We had a couple things we found with the car on the setup pad that we just needed to make sure were properly done, and the extra time helped. So nothing, nothing other than just saving some tires and some wear and tear. So that should mean that come tomorrow, you guys have two new sets of tires for the race. Then, if you used one in the practice earlier and then one for qualifying, that stands you guys in a pretty good stead coming here. Yeah, I'm pretty bad at math. I have a job with my name on my shirt for a reason. So um, you're probably right. You probably know more than I do about it. But, uh, yeah, with this, this kind of race, there could be a lot of yellows, and you might see people dip in for the last second for tires, things like that. But now we have uh, more than we need, so I think we'll be in a good spot. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Ryan. Thank you very much for asking. It's been an interesting day for sure. Can't wait to see how the race plays out for the Hart car. Yeah, I, I want to say a major thank you to all the fans that have come out already today and hopefully tomorrow because this weather is brutal. 
and now we're going to go sit in three layers of Nomex and you know all that, and these crew guys are going to sit here and roast as well. So uh, anybody that comes out to support this, we really appreciate that. So that's uh, really cool to have fans here today. Well, and I got to ask you about what we did last weekend, um, because I know what you did last summer. You were in a stadium super truck with Continental written all over it, bouncing through the streets of Toronto. I've talked to drivers before who have come in contact with walls, and they've been slightly concussed. How was your experience? My tailbone is not happy with me right now. I've been sitting on a donut, and the heart guys are making fun of me for it. Um, it was awesome. It was so cool to see that many people care about something you're driving on track is, is a real thrill. Canadian race fans are, are no joke. You know, they really come out in full force. That was great. Um, and I actually got to drive something, which hadn't happened in two weekends with IMSA, unfortunately. So uh, that was the craziest, dumbest thing. I actually at one point did drive into a wall almost head on because Matt Brabham, who's the man, by the way, he told me if you roll the thing on its side, it's dangerous. So if you're going to hit a wall head on, it's better than hitting it on your roof. So I literally had to straighten out the wheel and drive into a wall at one point as on purpose, which is really weird. <laughs> but... Uh, that was it was really cool. I got to thank Honda for letting me go do that, you know, because it wasn't a Honda necessarily, but it was a it was just so much fun and those guys are crazy. Like Casey Mears is jumping off the thing sideways over and over again. Well, he didn't know he had a suspension arm that was bent. So every time he left the ramp, the thing was literally turning in midair and I was expecting to land on him sideways. You know, normal racing stuff. Sure. Right. Yeah. So all in all, it was a heck of an experience and I, they already asked me if I want to go to the next race next weekend, but I can't. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if I end up driving again later this year. That'd be so cool. Well, you're going to be driving tomorrow in the race. Uh, TCR qualifying coming up next. Yes, it is, Shay. Thank you very much indeed. That sounds like a whole lot of fun. Came into contact with those things. I had race of champions down in Barbados a few years ago, and they're just completely bonkers. Bonkers things. You have to drive them on one wheel uh, when you're leaning on them at part of the time. Tom O'Gorman joins Jeremy Sean, John Hindoff in the booth. TCR qualifying coming up. 12 cars. Should be able to find a spot out on the circuit if everybody plays nicely. Is this a question of nailing it, Tom, on the first or second lap, or might you get into a third lap here? I really believe that it is a one-lap qualifying for these cars right now, just because of how hot the track surface is. I bet it's over 140 degrees at this point. Um, and if you lean on these tires hard, it's not that the Michelin burns off on one lap. Uh, it's that the tires are just going to be cooked. So I wouldn't actually be super surprised to see somebody try a flyer if they didn't get the lap they want come in cool the car down for 10 minutes and then go back out and try again but i don't think you're going to get two in a row 124 in the shade mm. that is measured that's de that's degrees uh, fahrenheit uh, of course as we stand by for qualifying imza michelin pilot challenge uh per many one from well half the field here really probably maybe a bit more than that jeremy yeah it's pretty toasted isn't it? 124 degrees hmm. uh yeah no it's um it should should be an interesting qualifying session we haven't yet seen what have we seen from the alphas today they've um we haven't seen that i think perhaps the pace we might expect from them in in qualifying although alex pa alex papadopoulos the youngster who drives that car number three he was pretty quick a couple of races ago at uh, watkins Glen. i think he actually set fastest lap of the race or almost at the fastest lap of the race um but uh, yeah he should be fast uh michael johnson in color 54 he has been fast he's had a pole this season but his problem is he, he and for those of you who don't he's paralyzed from the chest down it generally takes him a little bit of time to get up to speed that's going to be uh, to his detriment here in these temperatures but tom's going to go back on the box for the qualifying session so a couple of quick points from you thank you for coming up and chatting to us always a pleasure to get the inside view um 
couple of points that you, you've got here before this session kicks off. Yeah, well, I just mostly came up for your air conditioning. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to go ahead back down because hopefully, especially with that performance, I'm uh, hoping to be cheering on a pole position for Shelby Blackstock. But uh, don't, uh, don't. I did just want to – oh, well, let me knock on something. Yeah, yeah not on board. Um, We'll, uh, I just wanted to piggyback off of something Ryan just said with thanking the fans. I, I have to thank all the crew guys that are here because us drivers, first of all, we get to do something that hopefully we love to do. And sometimes that crew work is just is just just labor and it's tough and it's so hot. And those guys have to stay in their Nomex all day where mm -hmm. we get to get in it and do something fun and then get back out of it. So every single person who's crewing on any car this weekend, thank you so much from every driver that hopefully also says that to you before they leave tonight. But uh, the last thing I wanted to say, if you're listening trackside right now, sorry if this is archived and you're listening months later, but we're actually bringing our number 37 car up into the campground tonight to hang out with the campers. We're nice. going to drive it up there. We'll move it around a couple times. Come see us. Come sit in the car. Come meet us. We're going to hang out as long as there's people hanging out. There's so. a few cool looking Hondas driving in this morning when I came in. So there's some great, there was a black slammed one that is, it looks very kind of just sleek and it's not very obvious until you sort of think how low is that yeah really good big black shining fantastic thing oh well that sounds like fun have a good one absolutely thank be you be safe so much, tomorrow guys. as well Tom O'Gorman joining us uh, here in the IMSA radio booth Shelby Blackstock will be doing the qualifying for that number 37 still leading the championship barely after a broken spark plug nearly scuppered the whole week I mean did get some points there. Come in with the championship lead. And as we said earlier on, uh, Jeremy, and this is this is key, getting points on the board early on in any championship, you never know when you're going to have a weekend like that where something as daft as a spark plug takes you out of the running. Because you'll say, ah, oh, we might not win, but we'll come third or fourth if we've got a third. Or... But then you have a weekend where you don't even actually properly see the green flag. Yeah, and that, that's where those, those two wins in the first two races of the season really have... Uh, have come into the into their own so they had a, a stout lead coming in after the first couple of races that's now been whittled down as you say just five points between Shelby Blackstock and Tom O'Gorman in that lead car number 37 to Jonathan Morley and Gavin Ernstone done a super job in that oh, road shagger race in car number 61 had a bit under three. the radar at times haven't well, they? they've gone completely the opposite direction they started off the, the, the year with a couple of 10th place finishes and since then they've been on the podium each time for the last three so you know they're, they're coming on strong here and John was second quickest really this morning was he yeah, well, yeah. They, yeah Gavin had a little spin but he didn't let that bother him and he got up the speed yeah. really well both guys with a NASA background this uh, very important uh, weekend for for the space program of course the anniversary weekend engines are fired stand by for action then with the TCR qualifying for the Michelin Pilot Challenge for the Lime Rock 120, about to get underway. Live here from trackside. Just looking across to our starter stand to see whether there's any sign of a green flag. Not quite yet, about 15 seconds. Flag is in Dennis Paul's hand. And the question is here, Jeremy, do you go out straight away and get that out round, uh, out and round flyer, and then back in and park the car. Or do you sit there and say, "Well, I don't need, I don't need to be out there right at the beginning when everybody goes out." And guess what? Everybody's going out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the trick though is that you know, just making sure you, you give yourself some space. You know, don't get too close to the guy in front, and to just give yourself some space to, uh, to, 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 you know, to, to lay it down, get it, get you know, get the job done. Well, going out were in. Certainly the first car out there was Mikey Lewis. Mike Lewis in the 
Hyundai Veloster N, the number 98 car, that's the blue car. I think he got out before everybody else. Yes, he did. I think he was followed out by his teammate, Harry Gottsacker, in the black number 21. Harry's impressed me over the last couple of races as well. Yeah, I mean, both those two, two cars have been faster. And the, the number 98 car, that had a problem last time out as well, uh, which was good news for Tom O'Gorman and Shelby yes. Blackwell because they didn't score many points either. That was, that was the car that won uh, the... Uh, the, uh, a couple of races ago uh, at um, Mid-Ohio. Mm. Uh, so you know, with that poor finish, they're, they're actually dropped to position in the points down to third in the points now, but they're only one behind the number 61 car in third place. So well, all 12 cars have gone out, tight. by the way. All 12 Good. cars have gone out, Good. and there's the two Hyundais going yeah. down the front straight. Maybe a little bit of drafting down yeah, there. I, yeah, the second second car there was the, the number 21 car, I think, which was behind number 98. It'll get a little bit of a draft down this this long straight down the hill and then down towards Big Ben. So that certainly won't do it any harm at all. Now, the issue that those two Hyundais have is they are going to come across Alex Papadopoulos, who's on his outlap. And he'll not be wanting to go too quickly and overheat those Michelins. And the two Hyundais, well, ah, right, the 98's pulled over. The 98 has pulled over halfway around the lap, just coming out of the uphill. And that's... Therefore, let the black number 21 Hyundai have got Saka go through. And I wonder if the 98 car has gone offline a little bit there because there was a bit of weaving as if there was some tyre cleaning going on by Mikey Lewis well, in that 98 car. He, he had gone uh, fastest of all in that first sector before lifting off there in the second one. 56 so. seconds for Gottsacker. Got a little bit of a draft from the Alpha going down the front straight. So 56.301, I expected a bit more than that, if I'm honest. But it is the quickest time at the moment. Chad Gilsinger drops into second place. Brian Henderson in third. So the 89 Hart car from the 84 Atlanta Motorworks machine. But that all changes as Nick Galante goes through. And wow. a 55 flat. That's more like it. That's the sort of time I was expecting to see on the first flying lap. That is a very good lap. From, from Nick Gallant there. I mean, this is his kind of home track these days, isn't it? He's from uh, this area nowadays, and uh, that was a great effort by him to, to set that fast time. 55.0, and that compares to the uh, lap record here set last year by the gentleman who's with us a little, little while ago at a 55.7. So already three, three quarters of a second faster than the existing lap record. So is Nick going to go for another one? Don't think so. Mm, I don't know. Still a decent lap time. Yes. As Brian Henderson goes through for Atlanta Motorworks and for Honda, the 84 car, 54.5, 54.6 for Shelby Blackstock. And the 98, Mike Lewis cars into the pit. I think that's dead stick. He's rolling. Oh, no, no. It's, it's ticking over. I can hear it. But it is just ticking over. I think he's going behind the wall. There's something not right with that car. He's been wiggling the front end of that car. He's is, going back out is he He's gone straight through. Yes. Well, how odd is that? You can't touch the car in the pit lane. So if you have got a problem, he didn't stop at his pit lane. He's come straight through. She definitely watched him through. He's five seconds off the pace at the moment, and that's not where they'll want to be. Honda Civics, first, second, and third. 84, Atlanta Motorworks, 37, LA Honda World. 89, 
The Hart car, so three cars, three different teams, three tenths of a second between first and third. Another improvement there for Brian Henderson in car number 84 for Atlanta Speedworks, 54.454 now. So he finds another tenth of a second on that last lap, and it's the middle sector that's kind of the... the uh, the bugger bear for, for Shelby, he's, that's where he's losing out uh, most of that time because he was super fast in sectors one and three, not quite so quick in sector two. So Nick Gallant from leading now down to fifth position because Harry Gottsacker in the Hyundai Veloster has gone through into fourth. But he's still quick, Nick Gallant, and he's still trying. So there are some people still trying out there. Gilsinger on a decent lap in third position in the 89 Honda, the red, white, and black car. There he goes. Does he improve? No, but the Alpha does ahead of him. Alex Papadopoulos on his fourth lap. So he's, that's effectively his third flying lap of 54.425.029 wow. of a second. And there's an Alpha on top of the pile. How cool is that? A 20-year-old from Missouri City in Texas. Uh, this is his first season of, of professional racing. He's done a little bit of a radical uh, racing and a, a other sort of kind of bits and pieces, if you like, uh, on a local basis. But uh, nothing like uh, stepping up to the Michelin Pilot Challenge this season. We've seen these flashes of speed mm. from him this season. I, I talked about it just a few minutes ago, about how fast he was at Watkins Glen. But wow, what a lap that was from uh, the car number three, Alex Papadopoulos. Through goes the 98 car in front of us. That's a good lap. How good is it? It's good enough to go to the top for Mike Lewis. So whatever problems he had, he sorted them out. The magic sponge in the pit lane. I have no clue what was going on there. It looked like his day was done. Five seconds off the pace, waving around, trying to find something in the steering. I don't know what. But now a 54-368. We have three cars at the top of the timing screen under a tenth apart. It's 0 0.057. Back from first to second, Hyundai to Alpha. From the Alpha to the Honda, oh, not even that. 425 to 454 in the decibel places of the 54 second marker. And we've got to go down to what? Ninth position in Nick Gallant before we're even six tenths of a second away from the pole position time at the moment. Brilliant stuff by. Mike Lewis, was he lulling everybody else into a false sense of security? Was he doing something else with his tyres? Have they found something about bringing these Michelins up to temperature? I have no clue, but it worked. And how? 54-0, that, that, that's quicker than last year, isn't it? Yeah, by three quarters of a second. Yeah, yeah, by three quarters of a yeah. second. Yeah, it's a 55 flat last year. No, no, 55-7. No, it's 55-7 last year. Yes, yes. It? Yeah. Yeah. 55-7, yeah, the poll last year. So a second and three quarters. Wow. Yes, wow. That is very, very impressive. Uh, Brian Henderson's been through the pit lane. I wonder if they're just using the pit lane to run down and cool the tyres off rather than drive slowly down the San Posey Strait, which if, if that's what they're doing, fair play to them. That's much kinder on everybody else. And it means, of course, that they don't have to go offline. Half the session still to go. More than half the cars in the pit lane. Leading Hyundai in the pits. The 98 car, the three, the red Alpha Giulietta in the pits. And here is the Hyundai coming up to us. Pulls in in front of us. Henderson in third back out for Atlanta Speedworks. He goes across the line to start another fast lap. Blackstock in the pits, Gilsinger in the pits in the two Hondas, 37 and 89. Michael Johnson, as Jeremy predicted, staying out, doing a few laps. 
Getting up the pace in the 54 red Audi. The second of the Hyundai have lost us in as well. That's Harry Gutzak. And then the Honda Civic of Max Faulkner, Nick Gallant in the Audi. He's just gone through. Gavin Ernstone, Robbie Nash in the two Audi 61 and 12. And Roy Block in the Alfa Romeo number five is still out. So the two 61 and 12 Audis in, the Alfa out. Yeah, I'm surprised Ryan Nash is uh, down the... That far down in number 12 in the 11th position. That car's been running mm. uh, very well, very consistently this season and well up in the points table. At IMSA Radio, six minutes to go. I'm watching the splits. There goes Michael Johnson. Does not improve. About three tenths, a little more maybe, away from his best time. Yeah, I'm not sure there's anything left out there now, Jeremy, if I'm honest. And in fact, Brian Henderson agrees with us. He's coming into the pits in that Honda Civic from Atlanta Speedworks, the 84 car. Nick yeah, Gallant's I think, still out uh, there, but yes, I think he he's is. coming in. Yeah, he and Max Faulkner in column 52 still, still now they've completed nine laps already, as has Michael Johnson. I think Michael's lifted off. I think he's probably Gavin's on in the, the pits. Way in. Uh, has he just driven through the pits, Gavin? Yes, he has. Remember, you can't st you can't even do a tyre pressure adjustment here. You can't even check the tyre pressure. No, That's right. can't touch the car. Yeah. So, th driving through the pit lane just to maybe cool off the tyre temperatures and pressures a little bit. Michael Johnson well, coming. You, mean, you, you could you could you could possibly stand on the pit wall and and spray some water on the. Uh, well, no, I'm, I don't think you can. <laughs> I, I wonder if you could waft it. <laughs> You know, get a big fan on the top and, you know, <laughs> waft air at it. Probably not. Uh, everybody back in apart from Gavin Ernstone, who's gone back out in that dark grey coloured car. Simply Vegas sponsor on the side of that one from Nevada. Originally from the UK, actually, Gavin. And as I say, it has... Uh, Background in NASA goes across the line. The 61 car. Oh, that was effectively an outlap. So let's see what his splits are here. Needs to be somewhere under 20, under or around 23 seconds to improve in the first sector, which takes him from the start line to the start of No Name Straight, which he is heading into around about now. Get his first split time, and it is 23-4. No, don't think he's going to improve. Not even his best time. Would need to be around about 18.1, 18.2 if he's going to improve in the second sector, which takes him up to the crossover bridge, and he goes under that now. Heads down the hill in the third sector, 18.9. No, I, I think they'll call him in here, and that's exactly what they've done. Pulls off. Right-handed into the pit lane. So with three minutes and 23 seconds left, unless somebody dashes out now, having cooled their tyres, then we are looking at a pole position for the Hyundai number 98. Unofficially, of course, we haven't had post-qualifying tech yet. 54-034, a new qualifying lap record for the number 98 team. And for Mikey Lewis, who... I think he's done a pretty good job what, this actually, team. Uh, all, even even um, 
uh, Ryan Block there in a the 12th position, 55.779. That's fractionally outside Tom McGorman's lap record uh, from last season. But everybody else uh, comfortably inside it. So, yeah, that's, uh, that was a, a very impressive session. Four-tenths really four of a second between him and the field, Jeremy. And if you look, if you look from Alex Papadopoulos down, so if you, you call him four-tenths of a second away. So from Alex down to, let's see, Michael Johnson, let's say, in sixth position, that's four-tenths of a second right there. A little bit less than. So you could probably add Harry Gutsacker in there in seventh. So second to seventh is about the same as from first to second. Yeah. That's very impressive by the man from California. It, it is. Uh, and also impressive for Alex Papadopoulos in second place. Yes. It's super to see the Alphas. So Hyundai, Alpha, Honda, the top three in the session. The best of the Audis is Michael Johnson in sixth position in car number 54. That's a feather in his cap to yeah, be the best again, of the Audis. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's that certainly bodes well for us. I tell you what, I'm not quite sure how many GS cars are going to go faster than that 54-0 in this in weather. This, yeah, mm. that's, that's a really good lap by Michael Lewis, particularly after the fact he had made a couple of attempts before uh, to go fast and, and hadn't nailed it, and then he did with you know, seven laps in the books. Well, and sheer, I'm sure um, he's already waiting. For the pole man, are you yes, down there? Yes, I sure? am. I, I need to know what happened on that first lap. The two Hyundais went out together. It looked like it was all working well. They started their fast lap, and then Mike pulled over and started weaving around as if there was something not happy. He did a lap, or t he did, a, I think, one lap, maybe two, and then he came down the pit lane, still weaving around in the pit lane as if he didn't like the feel of the front end there. Shea, so I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to know. He's got all three sectors to his name in terms of the fastest times hmm. out there and f nearly four-tenths ahead of the field. I didn't expect to see that on a, a lap of under 55 seconds. Well, and also when he came down the pit lane, it wasn't on the pit lane speed limiter. It was at about 10 miles an hour, oh, I would really? say, at the most. Oh, he was positively crawling down the pit lane. So that's another thing to ask him when he finally does get down here. If he ever comes down, because uh, right now well, I'm not check even the flag's hearing. not out yet. Oh, okay. Check well, the flag's not out. Yep. So you've got 28 seconds before the checkered flag comes out. Uh, he's just—he's not that far away, is he, from uh, where you are? He's in the second half of the pit lane. He is in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth pit box away from me. Right. So yeah, not not too far at all. So we'll wait for that in 10 seconds' time to confirm a pole position here at Lime Rock Park for Brian Herter and the rest of the team. Brian not here, of course, this weekend. I think I saw him at the photo shoot on Wednesday when we were setting up for midweek motorsport here. Uh, Wednesday, early afternoon, late morning, early afternoon, they, they did a photo and video shoot for their Veloster streetcar here, the Veloster N streetcar. Very good it looked and sounded as well as it was pottering around well, a little bit more than pottering actually so the checkered flag is out we can now confirm a pole position for Hyundai and Brian presumably is headed off to Iowa you're correct speedway for the correct uh, for the NTT IndyCar series race yeah which is a Saturday night race as well Shea yes. Adam you should have a very pretty blue Hyundai Veloster N TCR heading towards you I do it pulled up in the penalty box for a bit of celebration no penalties here but yes the the light blue car with the tangerine around the nose the air intake and then up on the roof with the big white N on the side it's a, such a pretty livery I know I talked about it at Watkins Glen when Michael Lewis got a pole position there but it, it really is striking just how nice this livery is and it, it 
almost makes the car look a bit more innocent as he is throwing his hands up in the air. Michael probably didn't think that pole position was going to happen after that uh, tumultuous outlap and first lap out around the track. So we'll give him an opportunity to pull his helmet off. And um, his fire suit is a slightly darker blue than I feel like it was this morning. So uh, Michael Lewis, you had to work for that pole position. Got a couple questions for you, though. What the heck happened on your outlap there? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we were, you know, rolling out the pit lane uh, first in line, which is really nice for uh, getting a gap. You can just focus focus forward. My teammate was right behind me, so we could do our thing. And then just as I came around on the first flying lap, I saw another car, I think a slower one, uh, exiting the pits. And, yeah, for me to overtake that car to get a clean lap, I would have had to use the, the goodness of these Michelin tires. So um, I decided to just roll through the pits. And actually, I saw you. You were, like, looking at me, like, what are you doing? So, I, yeah, for sure, risked a little bit on time. You know, there's a red flag. It's not the best, but... I thought we could maybe go for pole, and, and I really wanted a good shot, so I just drove through pit lane, let the whole pack go, and then get that track position that, that we wanted. So that's why you're going so slowly. You're trying to give everybody else a gap to get away from you. Yeah, I was standing talking with Mark Wilkins, your teammate, and all of a sudden John's talking about you going slowly on track, and I said, Mark, you might want to go pay attention. So I think you might owe him an apology, too, for, well, on my behalf, for scaring him on that one. The lap, though, fastest in all three sectors. You clearly feel comfortable around Lime Rock Park. Right, I mean, uh, that, that was a really great lap. I mean, this Brian Hurd Autosport Hyundai Velocitor and TCR was really hooked up. I mean, I was, it was all actually about challenging myself as a driver in some of these fast turns like the downhill. Uh, just doing a small lift, honestly, I hadn't done that all day. I actually was braking all day, so I just decided uh, I could do it just because I felt the grip. So um, that was a really fun session, uh, very challenging as a driver. I mean, the competitors were really fast too. I mean, we, I think we were a few tenths faster in second place. So uh, there's some good drivers in this field. I'm just really happy to get the second multiple pole award. But three quarters of a second faster than the first practice session. Does all that come down to the new tires and the comfort level that you're talking about being able to hold it flat where you didn't earlier? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we've been running on really old tires for most of the session. And uh, I don't know, I think it's, that's maybe one strategy to take to, to go to qualifying is, you know, run on really old tires, really suffer, and then, and then put the new tires on. And then you, you feel like you have 100% grip in all the turns for like two laps. So even though it was a tactic to set up our car for a long run, uh, actually maybe it works out as a driver, um, you know, because you really savor the, that, that moment to do those two laps. Congratulations on your pole position. For the start of the race tomorrow, how are you going to deal with these GS cars ahead of you? Because you guys are much closer here than you were at Watkins Glen, your last pole. Yeah, for sure. It's it's really interesting to see the, the lap time so close. I mean, first of all, big thanks to Mark Wilkins, my teammate. He actually was doing most of the setup uh, this afternoon. So uh, really thank you to him to having a grippy car, and I think that'll help in traffic. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what the pace is like. Um, I think the big thing is just get to the finish. Uh, we've seen, like like our team manager said, most of the ra or even our team owner, most of the races are won in the last you know, 30, 40 minutes. So even if you start 10th place, you have a shot for the win. So I think just be calm, be smooth, and see if we can get this Hyundai Veloster and TCR at the front at the end. Great job today. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you, Shay. Thank you very much for everybody for coming out. It's a really good atmosphere to see all the fans here, so thank you. Uh, good stuff from Mike Lewis there. Yeah, and uh, that second fastest lap there for Alex Papadopoulos and the Alpha, that's that's just a tremendous effort. Great to see those Alphas. I mean, they look great, don't they? Those well, they look so different, cars. don't they? Yeah. You know, the, the Alpha's always had a particular look. You can never uh, mistake an Alpha for another manufacturer with that shield at face at the front that they have and that little Julian I had one a, a little while ago and did quite a lot of miles through Europe in it and I really bonded with it it was a little um, quadrifoglio edition car and uh, to be honest I had a lot of miles to do and I thought really really in a hot hatchback is this what I need at my age and it was great fun it was absolutely brilliant got great gas mileage out of it nice slick six-speed manual gearbox as well 
and they've got real character and I think people look at those cars and see them as something a little bit different obviously the the Hondas the Audis and the Hyundai's and the VW's when they're here they have their followers as well but I think there's just something a little bit different and special about an Alpha that draws people to them yeah and and the, you know the cars have been fast several on several occasions this season but they haven't really got the results yet to to show for that well maybe they can get that tomorrow because uh, the, the best previous qualifying effort for Alex Popadov he's only qualified twice he qualified at Sebring in the 14th position right at the back of the class uh, and then he qualified last time out at Canadian time <laughs> Park was seventh on the grid so to be so, second now yes that's excellent sorry I'm giggling because I've just <laughs> seen the cars roll out and all bar two have gone out Russell Ward we know isn't coming out because the 33 cars done for the weekend the McLaren number 75 hasn't come out but I'm giggling uh, and that car's just coming out now, actually, the 75. I'm giggling because Bill Oberlin is behind the wheel of the BMW M4 GT4 from the 96 Turner team. Mm. First time v he's qualified car in a while. Yeah, he was quick this morning. So it's, it's going to be, I reckon, Bill versus Andrew Davis in the... Michael Lewis, actually. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what? That's, that's not a bad no. shout, Jeremy. Uh, yeah. Um this morning, the times, the GS times were uh, were good, but th there wasn't that big a, a gap between the the GS and the uh, and the TCRs. It's going to depend what the track temperature is and how these guys use their tyres. No doubt for me. Tyler Cooks in the number two Audi. Ted Giovannis, as usual, in the AMG number four, the TGM car. Alan Brynjolfsson in the seven. Park Place Porsche, the Volt Racing car, the Zero Nine Aston. Remember the three Astons here. This weekend, Harry Berlog in that car. That's the 09 machine. And how, how, what, what a star he was last time out of the time Motorsport Park. I mean, that car probably should have won the race, actually. I mean, Ari did a brilliant job in the first stint. was right up at the front. I don't know why, because I tried to find uh, David Russell, who's the team principal there, automatic racing after the race, and I missed him. But uh, they, had, they must have had a problem during the pit stop because mm. Gregory Leofuge came back later on, set the fastest lap of the race. Yes, he did. In, that, uh, in, in the new Did it drop off Aston. the lead, lead lap, that car? No, I don't think but it was, was quite off the was It was, it was, it was a long way down, yeah. Something went wrong in the, in the pit sequence and it, he had to work his way back through again. But uh, the car was fantastically fast. So, come on, quick over and under. Um, Mikey Lewis's t time in the Veloster, how far up the GS field is he going to get? Certainly top five. You think? Yeah. Right, OK. And, and it could even be better than that. OK. Owen Trinkler, he's been quick this weekend, yeah. loves this place, the 46 car. Keep an eye on that. 54.8, his first offering. That's not bad. He's going quicker again, but he's not. He's three tenths off the Veloster's time in the first sector. Second sector, he's there. Now, this is more like it. 54.3, but he's still three tenths away. But he's, on, he's only got the Veloster ahead of him now. Jeff Morsing picking up pace as well. But we had Jeremy between, I think, 10 and 11, maybe 11 and 12, um, or 11 and. 13th in in the GS field this morning even we had seven TCR cars so they're, they're right yeah. there in the midfield yeah. in terms of the times uh, there goes the Chevy Camaro Andrew Davis but he still hasn't beat the Veloster 54-2 so half a tenth between the two GS cars in the favour of the Bortai over the Trefoil 
but still the big Hyundai H is on top of the pile. Yeah, and Bill Oberlin had a good lap there, but uh, it was it wouldn't have been good enough for the pole, but he lost some time in the final sector in the car number 96, so uh, whether he had hit some traffic on that lap. Three tenths he lost to yeah. the Hyundai in the final sector. And that's all, and he's, he's, what is he? Yeah, he's only a tenth and a half, two tenths off. He's been close there, Jeremy, I tell you. Is he getting another lap out of it? Andrew Davis is looking good. No improvement for Trinkler on his next lap around. Here's Davis coming around again. He's got traffic in front of him. Rumbles past us now in that number 71 car. Doesn't improve. Yes, does improve, but still hasn't gone by the Veloster. No. Oh, I, think I don't think he's quicker than, quicker than the Veloster in any of the three sectors. No, he's not. Tyler McQuarrie has got purple in sector one. It's uh, sector two, excuse me, in the Audi, kind of 39. So that's on a really good lap at the moment. There he yeah. goes across the line now. He's going to go to the top, yeah, surely. Second place. Oh, yeah. Still hasn't got by. 54-0-5-1. So he's a tenth and a half ahead of the rest of the GS field. But still... The Veloster is on pole position, yeah. but of course he won't be. No, he won't. He'll be he'll be behind behind all the GS cars. At the Sh of the Shea Adam has uh, it. Andrew Davis is on a good lap. We lost some time in the middle. Yeah, section, he did. Shea Adam. Um, according to the rule book, it says that the TCR cars will be m removed behind all the GS cars. But what if the TCR car is faster than the GS cars? Does, Does he still move behind, or yes. are all the TCR cars moved ahead of all the GS cars? No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good point, Shea. <laughs> And it's a source of discussion. Oh, off. Now, that was, I think that was the wins car coming out of turn two, going towards turn three. And he's gone onto the infield there. How far did he go across the grass? Just spun up the rear wheels. That Aston, that, sorry, that AMG, the Mercedes AMG. Now, who has that, was at the wheel of that car? And it was James Cox in the 35. Now, did he get that car back on? Exited stage left. It was a really good first sector from Jim Co from James Cox there in car number 35. A really good first sector. He's still showing as off course heading into turn four. So coming out of turn uh, three, the left-hander in that little short shoot, just where you're changing direction. He's uh, right. He's got the car at 90 degrees to the track. He's waiting to get back on again. The track is wet. There's double yellows. Nobody will be... Uh, local yellows rather, nobody will be able to improve, pulls out in front of Brynjolfsson, but he's back on, no harm, no foul. Eight and a half minutes to go. <laughs> and still nobody's no, beaten the Hyundai no, team. Owen Trinkler on a good lap now, he is a little bit quicker, so if you can get it all together in this final sector, coming down the hill, was that him on the grass? There was somebody off on the dirt yes. coming out of the corner, but no, he goes fastest. He loses Phew. a little bit of time in that final sector, but he does go fastest. Owen Trinkler then, looking for his third pole of the season. Yeah, there's been a bit of discussion in the paddock, and a good-natured discussion about what needs, you know, what possibly could happen and whether Imza might look at a, a split grid with maybe 10 or 15 seconds between the GS and the TCR cars. And uh, nobody's having a massive poo about it at the moment, but there, there is a bit of discussion going on, and I have no doubt that the guys at IMSA are listening carefully and weighing up their options here. Because the, the reason that the GS cars are put ahead is ostensibly for safety. And when the TCR cars are so much quicker than so many of the, t of the GS cars, then obviously that, that, that form of thinking has to be readdressed. I, I, I agree entirely. 
And I'm not criticising anybody there, Jeremy. No, no, I think no. that the conversations, from what I've heard from the paddock, the conversations are going on. But it's not. There's no easy answer. No. Because the, you know, there's a lot of TCR cars there. I mean, if you look at the top five TCR cars, they're within the the top 15 positions overall. Yeah, and there's only one GS car quicker than the fastest of the TCRs. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would like to see the club the, uh, more of a split, to be honest. Um, is there any reason why we should, and, and I'm not saying that this should or shouldn't happen, I'm actually putting this out there, is there any reason why we couldn't just start them in how they've qualified? Well, then, we, then you can see the TCR cars falling back through the field, because as Tom O'Gorman was saying earlier on, they, they've got great one lap pace, but they don't have the consistency the GS cars. So no, I think, I think having the class split is, is the right thing to do, but personally I think now because they are so quick, um, and because some of the GS cars, particularly at the beginning of the race, don't have their fastest drivers in. There's a big discrepancy in the last couple of races. We've seen the GS. Well, I used the phrase this morning. Kind of messed up the TCR race just a little bit. Yeah, I, some of the the GS drivers descri describing it wasn't as having a a swarm of buzzing hornets <laughs> around them at the at the start of the race. Still six minutes to go. Uh, one or two have started to pit now. Quite a lot, in fact. Uh, Owen Trinkley's in the pit lane. Tyler McQuarrie still fancies his chances. He's still out there in the Audi. That's the 39 Carbon car. Andrew Davis still out there as well. That's a good lap by Trinkley, you know, 53.9. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. That uh, The fastest uh, time of the day was set by Andrew Davis this morning in the cooler conditions, I'm presuming. Mm. It wasn't here, but uh, 53.6 Andrew did then. So he's not quite managed... To, to match that of 54 last year's qualify or the qualifying record here was uh, was you know was was uh, it's been decimated once again it was last year's pole was a 550 i think it was mm, really yeah so so even the hyundai's beaten the gs pole from last year yeah 550 yeah we've got we've now got uh, 22 cars faster than that including nine tcrs quicker than the, the the gs record from a year ago wow That's so progress isn't it? we have a new lap record in qualifying for gs and for tcr whatever happens from this point on at the moment it's owen trinklet with five minutes to go tyler mcquarrie has the fastest middle sector of anybody yeah that's interesting uh i think oh that's interesting Rod Eklund Jr.'s got the fastest last sector for the Aston Martin Vantage. I am oh. reading the right line there, aren't I? Yes, I am. Yeah. Stout run by Bryce Ward, 54.5. That'll be as quick as he's ever gone round here. I'll tell you that now in the 57 car. That would, that's only good enough for 11th fastest, although that will give him outside of the fourth row of the grid in GS. Eighth position for that. That's a fantastic qualifying for Bryce. Really hitting his straps. He's... he's Right in his stride now. Got a really nice momentum going to his season. So, first sector is Andrew Davies and the 71 Rebel Rock Racing Camaro. Second is Tyler McQuarrie in the Audi R8 from uh, Carbon, 39 car. And third, then, the Aston Martin EMR Vantage. Rod Eklund Jr. And what's interesting also about that is the fact that uh, uh, McQuarrie, or Andrew Davies ended up fourth fastest overall. Tyler McQuarrie, third fastest overall, and Rob Ecklin Jr., 12th fastest yeah. overall, fastest in the final sector. There's nothing to choose between the, so many of these cars. Well, if you, if you go down to a second, Jeremy, 
there are 23 cars in a second. Yeah. Now, the last time I saw anything like that was a race I took. In fact, my first ever motor race at Croft, now, albeit Croft's a bit longer than this by about almost twice as long as this track is, but it's it's twisty, it's a bit flatter, it's an old airfield, and in a Ford Fiesta race back in 1996 or maybe 1997, I was, I think, nine-tenths, eight-tenths off the pole position, which I thought was all right, actually, in my first car race, and I was 21st <laughs> out of 32 cars. <laughs> and that's what we've got here yeah. with cars from both categories, Really getting very tight together, very tight together. The the time differences between these guys are very, very small indeed. Still people turning laps. Uh, got the Alan Brynjolfsson Porsche still out there at the moment. Bill Oberlin, I think, will be disappointed at only fourth position. But second row of the grid, give him a chance. They'll be He'll be looking to get try and fight his way at the front and build up a lead there. It's interesting that we've seen what tactics we're seeing here because it is a, an open qualifying. You don't have to uh, have your most or least experienced driver. It's your choice. Not like in the WeatherTech Championship where in the GT Daytona, it has to be a silver or bronze driver that uh, does the qualifying. That's not the case here. It's impressive looking, impressive looking times here. So... If you take the uh, the top three cars overall, Jeremy, are separated by 0 0.088 of a second. Now, one of those is the TCR Veloster, which is managed to be in between <laughs> the, t the two the two GS cars. Extraordinary stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Owen Trinkler, the only GS, the only GT4 driver quicker than the Hyundai Veloster NTCR. That's a great, that is going to be a great press release for Hyundai. One Mercedes-AMG quicker than us. Audi, Camaro, BMW, McLaren, Ford Mustang, Aston Martin. Your boys took a hell of a beating. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That, that was, was great. Just a great session. For, for Owen Trinkler, the most experienced driver, in this field, 155th start. This will be this weekend, going back to well since since sort of the, the the modern era of this this sort of championship in 2001, uh, and this is his seventh pole, but his third of the season. Mm. Sebring it's, last time out, and it's here a case well. of what might have been for that team, oh, isn't man. it? Defending champions, of course. Yeah, and and they haven't had they haven't got the car to the finish enough times, and being able to capitalise on what has been very good potential for that car but still races to come and you know with Owen and uh, the rest of the team that yeah, I mean, they'll be the, pushing hard yeah I mean yeah, the, the three pole this will be the third pole in, in the first five races the best finish is 12th for goodness sake yeah. and uh, you know just a, a long long way down the, the, uh, the points table down in 20th position in points coming into this weekend Car four has got their car four has got their pit lane speed violation. So despite the Veloster having the second quickest time, that will go to the back of the GS grid. So effectively, we'll start twenty twenty first actually, because we know that the thirty three car isn't coming back. So it will be ten rows of GS cars. Then the Veloster will line up on the inside 
of the track with the chequered flag out, by the way. So, just to put this in perspective, Jeremy, when Mike Lewis starts tomorrow in the race, he his lap time is a 54-0. He'll be starting behind two cars that did 56-6 and a 56-8. Yes. Uh, it's going to be... If they... If they uh Keep to the form we've had this season with the with the G with TCR car starting directly behind GS. The first lap or so is going to be a bit of a mess, to be honest. A it's bun fight. A bun fight. Yeah, stand. St don't stand too close <laughs> to the fences. But the TCR guys have taken all in good part, as have the guys at the back of the GS field. Their answer is, hey. That's the way it is. We've got to yeah. deal with it. And actually, there's been very sensible driving, Jeremy, hasn't there, yeah. this year? We've we've not seen the carnage that you might have expected that to have caused. It just hasn't happened. Now, we're on a shorter track here. Things are a bit more frenetic. We said exactly the same last weekend at Canadian Time Motorsport Park, and, and we had a pretty clean start of the race there. Um, very breathless, I seem to remember. Uh, Owen Trinkler, third overall pole position for the Michelin Pilot Challenge this season. And once again, the Ted Giovannis Motorsport Car defending champion is on the pole and he is with Shea Adam. Well, and you were the fastest car out there. You were the only car faster than the TCR pole sitter. <laughs> only just, but you still managed to get that done. You're picking up right where you left off here at Lime Rock Park. You guys feel like maybe you remember how to win here. It was only 12 months ago. We love this place. I love coming to Lime Rock. Mercedes-Benz, AMG, GT4 gets it done here. Hugh Plum, Team TGM, Ted Giovannis, Christina, Joe Vardy, all the boys here. I mean, uh, three poles this year. See if we can get it done uh, tomorrow. We need we need to win bad, and we're, we're fighting, like, uh, really hard, and uh, we got a great car underneath us this weekend. How fast are those TCR cars? You were dealing with them in practice. You know, I wasn't really around them that much. I mean, we, we call, saw up at Mosport last week how fast they are, and they've got really good aero. they got more aero than we got. I mean, we've got a little bit more power, but they've got the downforce to get around here. But um, we're glad we're front of the field, the GS field. That's what, that's what matters to us, and uh, let's just go get it done tomorrow. Well, the sun's shining right now. It feels warmer than it's been all day. So are you guys hoping that it just continues to get hotter and hotter for the Mercedes? I hope it heats up like crazy tomorrow. Be 100 and plus. You know, it's awesome, and uh, my wife's here. Getting to see us get a pole, so that's cool. And um, I hope it gets really hot tomorrow. I feel good about our chances tomorrow. We've always done well in the heat. We did well in the heat here last year, so if we can just pick it up where we left off last year. We started good in practice, and we went on long runs. I mean, we were probably not top of the sheet. That's practice two and practice three, but we were on some old, old tires and uh, working on race runs because that's, that's where we feel like we got to get better on the Michelin tire on race runs, and that's where we kind of made a mistake maybe at most port that we just weren't very good. But uh, see if we can make up for it tomorrow. Well, hey, go celebrate with Jen tonight. Good luck tomorrow on the race. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. Oh, brilliant stuff. The very likable man from Nashville. With his wife, Jen, here this weekend to see him as well. And that's, a, I mean, he's upheld the honour of the GT4 runners, the GS runners there, hasn't he? He oh, really yeah, has. Yeah, he squeaked in there. I mean, <laughs> point, point, point zero seven one of a second over Michael Lewis. That was, that's a, that was a tremendous lap by Michael there, the Californian uh, in the TCR car. But... Uh, yeah, I, 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 you asked me before how many cars are going to be. Oh. And, and I, well, you said maybe one. none. Yeah. And there was one in the end. Yeah. That's a fair play, Jeremy. Fair it's play. Certainly be top five. And indeed, it was second place overall. And uh, sixth and seventh for the t for the second and third fastest TCRs. Alex Papadopoulos in the Alpha Car number three and Brian Henderson in the Honda 
number 84 as well. What so, we've got yeah. to say, though, that was an ex- outstanding lap by uh, by Mike Lewis because uh, Mike Lewis because he was, you know, what three, nearly four tenths ahead of the rest of the TCR field. Uh, that, you know, had it not been for his lap, it would have been five GS, GS cars uh, ahead of the TCR. That that was in it. He was in his own class in that Hyundai Veloster today. Yeah, he yeah, that car's been hooked up. It was quickest in the early earlier session as well and. He just uh, you know, took advantage of that and, and laid down a good one. And you know, he, 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 he didn't think he had good track position initially, so just drove through the pit lane to make sure he had clear track in front of him and then went out and, and did, the, did the deed. Yeah, that kind of worked out for him. That could have been very messy indeed had that not worked out. Thanks to Jeremy Shaw, to Tom O'Gorman earlier on in the practice session and also to Shea Adam, who's bearing the heat just about down in the pit lane. The IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge will be live in sound and vision on Saturday morning. No blocks, no breaks, whether you're here in the States or further afield, we'll have the whole race flag to flag with our trackside commentary from IMSA Radio. You can find that on IMSA.tv, on the IMSA app or on the player at RadioLamont.com. And we know one thing, we get plenty of action from Lime Rock Park and we'll bring it all to you live tomorrow. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.